The Bible says, Jesus said, well, we, we probably better not worry too much in the future because today has enough problems of its own, it said, right? So let's focus on today for today. And so we're going to re- resume a message that we started three weeks ago titled, Good News of Great Joy. So we're going to wrap up our Christmas series today, and I'm excited to, to dive deeper and continue to this 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 message that we're, we're, we're talking and looking at, the message that comes out of Luke chapter 2, right? The Christmas story, where the angels appear to the shepherds in the field the day that God sent Jesus to be born. And that, what do they say? They say, we come bringing good news that'll bring great joy to all people. Y'all say it with me. Good news, good news. of great joy. great joy. So that's what we've been talking about. And, and so who knows the good news? Man, the good news that God sent, that God gave, right? So we have the good news every day and especially at Christmas. That's good news because the world's full of what? Bad news. news. Negativity. We can give the world something different. We can give the world something better. And so I hope you don't just know the good news. I hope you know the good news and you're living in joy. Right? Living in that peace of God. Living in the truth of God. And when, when you know the truth... We should walk in joy. We should celebrate Christmas with love, joy, peace, all the good things, patience, kindness, goodness. So that's what we've been, we've been doing the last couple weeks, and we've been looking at Jesus, all the things that he's done for us, all the things that he embodies. And so I'm excited to give, give you something a little extra special today as we pick up and study that. So let's look, at, let's look at the Christmas story, Luke chapter 2. We're going to read verses 7 through 12. It's been our foundational scripture for the last couple weeks. And so look at verse 7 there. It says, She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news. Say that with me. Good news. There it is. That will bring great joy. There's the other part of our title of our message to all people. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Good news that will bring great joy, they said. The Messiah, the Savior, the Son of God has been delivered, hallelujah, to you today. The world in a blink of an eye changed. God invaded earth. God invaded creation and said, the answer to every problem in your life is wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger, a Savior today has been born. Praise God. So the last couple weeks, for time's sake, we're not going to get into too much of a recap. If you missed any of those messages, or maybe this is your first time joining us today or watching us online, got good news for you. You can catch up real easy on our church app or any of our social media pages. But for week one and for week two, this is what we did. We talked about this scripture, and it says that Jesus is a Savior, right? Jesus saves. Did you know that? We talked about the saving grace that embodies Jesus Christ. And that's good news because we said the world's full of bad news and full of negativity. Every single person needs some saving. Every person needs help, 
Jesus fulfills that promise of God. And not just for your physical needs, but for your, your spiritual needs and for your spiritual home. He goes to prepare a place. He's a savior. We talked about that week one. Last week, we talked about Jesus being the Messiah. Y'all remember what that word actually means? Who paid attention last week? The anointed one. Somebody paid attention. Thank you for paying attention. Well, I know it was you, Roth. Love you, sir. We talked about the word Messiah. We think of it as being Savior, but it really means the anointed one. So we talked about Jesus being the Savior and then being the anointed one. The anointed one to do all the things that God created Jesus to do for you and for me and for the entire world. And so what we're going to do today is look at that first point. So we talked about Jesus being the Savior. We talked about Jesus being the anointed one. And today we're going to talk about the Lordship. Somebody say it with me. The Lordship of Jesus. Can I preach for a second? Preach all day. Preach all day. I'm gonna, some people might not like that, sir. People are like, I don't want to go to lunch. Praise God. I'm going to give you some spiritual food. We love the thought of Jesus being our Savior, right? I need some saving when I'm down and out, when I did what God, I did the opposite of what God told me. I messed up, and then I go to God, and he's still there for me, right? I need a Savior. I like that idea. Hey, I like the idea of Jesus being the anointed one, because that means he's anointed to perform what God has called him to do in every area of my life. I, I need that. That excites me. But... If you really look at Jesus being Lord, that means I have to change. That means I have to allow God to transform my life. See, God is love. Y'all heard that? Some people say that, well, because God is love. I, he loves me regardless. I'm just going to stay in my sin. Is that a lie from the pit of hell or what? Upon the revelation of Jesus, he begins to transform us. And so Jesus is Lord of our lives. Did you know he wants to be Lord of your life? He wants you to permit and grant excess to him to give you the words to say, to have the right thoughts to think, to go where he's called you to go, to not go where he's asked you not to go. So look at that first point. This is what it says. It says, The gospel is good news of great joy to all people because Jesus is Lord. There's that word Lord. The baby in the manger will come again as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. King of Kings and Lord of Lords. No name above the name of Jesus. It says that one day all knees shall bow and all tongues shall confess that Jesus is Lord. So you say, Pastor Ian, I believe, I hope you believe today, and if you don't, I'm still excited for you, because I've been in that don't seat. <laughs> I didn't believe for a long time in my life, until God wrecked my heart. And then when God wrecked my heart, I still had my bumps, I still had my bruises, I, I didn't do my faith perfect, I still don't do my faith perfect, but I can tell you this, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is what delivered Ian from being an alcoholic. See, Ian wanted to keep drinking. Ian wanted to keep using. Ian wanted to keep doing what Ian wanted to do. But when I adorned Christ, guess what? It, it was a process. But Ian now, 10, 
10, 11 years later, guess what? I don't even want to drink. God, God pulled that from me. Come on, somebody. He pulled that desire from me, and that's from relationship of allowing God to be Lord. I had to love Jesus more than I loved my addiction. I had to love Jesus more than the secret things I, I secretly liked doing and secretly desired to keep doing. And so we're going to read a scripture here out of Revelations. It's not really a Christmas scripture, really. Nothing out of Revelations is really a, a, a scripture we think of as Christmas. But I just want to, want to drive this home to you because, you know, when Jesus came the first, somebody say first, the first time, there's some questionable doubt. Maybe Jesus is. Maybe he's not. I can stand here today. I know that he is. But the world is still on the fence. Ah, maybe Jesus is the son. Ah, maybe he's not. The second time he comes, there ain't going to be no question without come on somebody. He's, he's going to, he's, everybody and everything and everyone is actually going to rejoice that he came back. Because it says that creation is actually groaning like a woman in, in childbirth pains awaiting for the full redemption. And Christ is going to come back. And so look what it says. We'll give you, we're going to give you five verses here. In, in chapter 19, we're going to read verses 11 through 16. So it says, Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he, what does it say? He judges and makes war. Stop for a second. I said the first time he came, some questionable doubt. Jesus came the first time to save. That's good news. That should bring great joy to you today and to you for this Christmas. But the next time he comes, he's going to come to judge. He's going to come to judge. So hear me. If you and God are not right today, either in the sanctuary, watch us online, wherever you are, get right with God today. Get right with God through his son Jesus today. Because when he comes again, He's not coming to save. That work's done. That, that chapter's closed. And now we're judged according to our lives. Amen. Let me pick up there verse 12. It says, His eyes were like flames of fire. A baby wrapped in snuggling cloth in a manger, and now he's transformed into Son of God with eyes of flaming fire. And his head was adorned with many crowns. And he had a name written on it that no one knew except himself. And he was clothed with a robe dripped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike down the nations. And he himself will rule with them with a rod and iron. He himself treads the winepress of fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. I said this is not a Christmas scripture, y'all. But I want to give you the good news. Verse 16, it says, And on his, and he has on his robe and on his thigh a name is written, King of kings and Lord of lords. On his robe and on his thigh, there will be no more questionable doubt because Jesus will kind of be, in a sense, like a walking billboard. I am the King of kings. I am the Lord of lords. And every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess, and there will be no shadow of a doubt. There will be no glimmer of a doubt. Jesus is that I am, that I am, that I am. I am the King of kings 
and the Lord of lords. And everyone will worship him. Even those that are living in sin, they will have to do nothing but bow down because in that moment, I think they're going to realize, oh, I believe now. I believe now they're going to tremble. The sad thing that should break our hearts is it'll be too late. This is one statement I know God never will say to you. I told you so. Now the devil, he'll use that statement. In that moment, it'll be too late. So I want to talk about the lordship of Jesus today. So we're going to give you three expressions of the lordship of Jesus. Jesus is a savior. Jesus is the anointed one. And Jesus is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So look at that point. Lord. If you study it out, it means owner. Somebody say, uh. Does Jesus own you today? Jesus redeemed us. He purchased us, our lives and our freedom. We no longer belong to ourselves. Jesus should be our owner. Lordship is ownership. Now, maybe we can at times think, I, I got Jesus. I, I got my fire insurance, so to speak. But I hope that your relationship goes a whole lot deeper than that. Because in your mind, you can think, I, I own the saving grace of Jesus, but you really don't, I don't believe. I don't believe you really are saved and born again unless Jesus owns you. Amen. Does he own your tongue? Does he own your mind and the thoughts? Does he own where you go? Does he own your business? Does he own your family? Does he own how you conduct yourself? I was thinking this week, it's amazing how we own a lot of stuff. And we're blessed people in America. We got garages full of stuff, attics full of stuff, basements that we don't even go in full of stuff. Y'all know I kill bugs, right? I spray a lot of people's houses and no one goes into their basements. If you have a basement, I bet you didn't even go into it this week. Well, maybe you did because that's where you're hiding the presents, right? That was supposed to be funny. Anyway, we own a lot of stuff. And I was thinking, you know, if I own something and it begins to be broken or not work accordingly, guess what I generally do? I get rid of it. Or I replace it. Think if you was to get in your car to come to church and it didn't crank. And you like gave it a chance. Well, maybe something's wrong with it. Or, you know, how do you try it the next day? Doesn't crank. Doesn't crank two days, three days, four days in a row. What are you going to do? Have somebody come look at it. They say it's, 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 it's broke beyond repair. What are you going to do? You're going to replace that car. Why? Because that car is not fulfilling its purpose. Think of all the things that we, you know, when you turn your TV on, you want your TV to respond and turn on when you push the button, right? If it doesn't, I'll probably get a new TV. <laughs> We've covered that at the Westbrook Cross, right? Have y'all come? Y'all know Xander broke two TVs in two months. And we are blessed to be able to replace both of them. Praise God. What am I trying to get at? Lordship is ownership. Every morning, you wake up, and I believe it excites God. 
new day. Mercies and grace abundant. Are they going to listen to me today? Are they going to pay attention to what I've been trying to show them today? Are they going to go and forgive that person today? Are they going to go and love that person today? Are they going to say what I've been wanting to say to their spouse today? What if? What if? That saving grace comes to a point where the Holy Spirit says they're broken. What if? What if we're not allowing God to own us to do what he wants us to do? Are you allowing Jesus to be your Lord? Oh, and we pray, Lord, Lord. Lord, bless my steps today. Lord, bless my financial bank account today. Lord, we're going to read scripture. Jesus says, why do you say to me, Lord, Lord? You don't do what I say. Does Jesus own you today? If he owns you today, he's your Lord. Look at 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 15. It says, for the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. And if he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. When you make Jesus your Lord, you no longer live for yourself. Your selfish desires are put to death, it says. And we die so that we might live with him. Lordship is ownership. It says, I'm thankful that God you sent, he bought back, he redeemed me on the cross so that I don't have to be controlled by sin. I don't have to be controlled by the world. I don't have to be controlled by other people, places, and things. I want to be, God doesn't want to control you. God wants to influence you. He's never going to control you. That's not real love, is it? God wants you to choose him over the stuff. And so he's never going to control your actions, but he wants to influence your life. He does that through the Holy Spirit, by the revelation of who his son is and what his son came to do and that he came and, and saved you and redeemed you and bought you back and brought you back into God's fullness and God's presence. When you no longer live for self, you make Jesus. Lord, look at 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. It says, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. It says, you are not your own, for you were bought with a price. Think of the Son of God. The most valuable thing ever. took the death that you and I deserve. He said, I'll go so that you don't have to. I'll bear the punishment of your choices, your bad choices, your sin. I'll go so that you don't have to. But because I go, no that your life 
has been ransomed. What does ransom mean? Bought with a price. So there is a but, but it's a holy but. The best thing for you is to answer that call and say yes to God. Because your life is now no longer your own when you see what Christ has done. It should make you excited that Christ bought you back and redeemed you and saved you and forgiven you. We need to be forgiven over and over and over and over again. Your brother sitting next to you needs to be forgiven over and over and over. Your sister sitting next to you needs to be forgiven over and over over again. And Jesus is faithful to do that. When we choose, think of this, when we choose our sin and our selfishness over Jesus, over the lordship of Jesus, guess what we do? We trample all over the blood of Christ. We trample all over the cross and what God said specifically if we say we're already believers. When you tell the world that you believe, and then behind closed doors you're secretly using drugs or getting drunk or watching pornography or hating your brother, hating your sister. You profess in Jesus, but you're living nothing like Jesus and you trample on the sacred blood of the Most High. You've made yourself Lord. Jesus ain't Lord when we live that way. He doesn't have ownership of you. And I wonder if there comes a point, like I was saying earlier, when when Jesus doesn't own you, if he just says, they'll figure it out. They figure it out. Today, I hope you got it figured out. It's Christmas, I hope you got it figured out. Because he is coming back. Jesus means ownership. Look at that next point. Lordship, excuse me, means ownership. And Lord also means master, right? Jesus is our master. He has the final authority and the right to rule over our lives. So lordship is ownership. Lordship, ownership also means master. You say, well, Pastor Ian, I I can choose to follow God if I want. Yes, you can. So does that really mean he's all powerful? And I'm going to tell you this. Your refusal to allow God to be your Lord does not change his lordship. (laughs) He's still Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords, if you still deny him today. That's not going to affect who he is at all. Who does it affect? Take your finger, point it right here, right now, go like this. If you're watching us online, do this, put that little finger emoji. When I reject the lordship of Jesus, it doesn't affect him. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. But it affects me. It affects my joy. It affects my peace. It affects my family's peace and joy when I refuse to allow God to 
to influence my life and influence my words and influence my ways. And when I choose my ways over God's ways, I think I'm I think I'm setting myself up. I, I'm, the, I'm the king of this nest. I, I'm the king of my home. But no, you're actually disqualifying yourself from God's abundant grace and favor. It says that Jesus is our master. Man, that's a radical statement. Jesus says our master. That's If you think of that, that's... That's a whole different type of culture than we're normally accustomed to, right? But y'all accept Jesus as your shepherd. Is that a little easier to stomach? means the same thing. Jesus is our shepherd, and he says, My sheep know me, and I call them by, and they listen, and they obey. The shepherds back in the day... They lived with the flocks of sheep as they moved them and herded them. Them sheep are probably more obedient than you and me and your neighbor. They didn't have to yell at them like you got to yell at your kids. Stop doing that. We're, Xander's favorite word right now is no and mmm. If it bugs me that bad as a parent, as a father, no, dad, no, 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 no. I'm like, mmm, I'm going to show you. What's your heavenly father think? You keep telling him no, 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 no. You're not telling him no with your words. You're saying, Lord, Lord, I love you. But you're telling him no, no, no with your feet. Telling him no, no, no with your actions. And no, no, no with your words. Jesus, as our shepherd, is just like Jesus as our master. We should be excited where God wants to lead us and where God wants to take us. Cool thing about a shepherd is, them sheep, they will do anything for those sheep. Them sheep ain't going to starve. They're going to be cared for. They're going to live a good life. So why do you think saying yes to God is going to be that terrible? What is it on the inside of you that you're so, that you got such a death grip on? That is killing you. Is it a secret addiction that nobody knows about? And yeah, you come to church and yeah, I pray to Jesus, but He's not your Lord. And if you can say yes to Jesus, you can know that you will be cared for, you will be provided for, you'll be blessed, highly favored. Say it with me, highly favored. He's the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. His resources are limitless. There's things that you, you need to happen in your life. There's, there's spiritual voids in your life you don't even see or recognize or know. God knows they're there because he made you. Come on, somebody. And he's like, if they could get on board with me as their shepherd, man, I could, I could fill them. I could give them. I could build them up, dust them off, clean them up. They'll know the good news, they'll have great joy, and they're going to share that good news and that great joy with everyone else in their life. And guess who else knows that? The devil. And that's why we secretly hold on to these things. I even bought a lot somewhere. This thing is maybe even, I think it's good for me. 
that's a lie from the pit of hell. The Holy Spirit always reveals truth. And if God has said, no, no more, you better listen. You better obey. And if you don't, it will kill you. But if you don't, it doesn't change the lordship of Jesus. But it will change who you are, where you are, and ultimately where you're going to go. I'm stepping on some toes. This is supposed to be a Christmas season, right? Look at them, brother. Don't be calling me brother, sugar boo. I'm your husband. <laughs> Look at Luke 6, 46. I got ahead of myself. I already read it, right? It says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not? Somebody say not. Do the things which I say. What a great question, Jesus. That's a pretty good question, Jesus. And guess what? Nothing has changed since 2022 years ago when he came. We still have the same spiritual condition. Why do we say, Lord, Lord? Hoot and holler on Sunday. Then Monday morning, I'm back to, the, back to the evil, back to the sin, back to the doubt, back to the complaining, back to the old evil ways, back to the old habits. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? I think I know the answer. It's really simple and it's very profound. I say no because I love me more than I love Jesus. Can I preach to myself for a second? Now, I'm your pastor, but I am far from perfect. I don't treat my wife right all the times. I don't necessarily say the right things to my kids all the time. I don't respond appropriately while I'm doing my work all the time. And I wonder... Why I do that, and the Lord just showed me, you do that when you put your faith in yourself. Let me be Lord over everything, and it's okay to fall down. We're going to fall. Says the righteous fall down seven times and get up. We're like eight million. <laughs> right? You're going to have bumps and bruises. You're going to get knocked down. You're going to fall down. We're going to make bad decisions. But in those moments, repent. Confess your sins and get up. Amen. Repent, get up, and go. Right? Look at Romans 10, 9 through 10. It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that Jesus, or excuse me, that God raised him from the dead, you'll be. He's faithful to forgive you. For it is by believing in your heart that you'll be made right with God, and it's by the confessing with your mouth that you are saved. Did you see that? Did you read that? You have to believe, but you also have to. Your faith without works is dead. You can't just secretly inside believe something external has to happen to show God that you have faith. So say this with me. That's, that, that, who wants to kill their, their flesh today? I almost said kill yourself. That would have been bad. Somebody say bad. <laughs> kill your flesh. Do not kill yourself today. Jesus' name. Say this with me. Jesus, Jesus. is Lord. Lord. Let's say that again. Jesus, Jesus. Is, Lord. is Lord. Amen. My prayer is, Holy Spirit, move us to faith. It says that if we believe in our heart, confess with our mouth that Jesus is, those will be saved. And so I hope we can confess that Jesus is Lord, and then I, can, I hope and pray that 
By the Spirit, we can be moved by faith. This is what I know. Daily confession, this is for free, you can write this down. Daily confession becomes daily progression. Who's trying to get somewhere? Don't be shy. Just a couple of you. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He knows the way to get to that place you're trying to get to. As long as you put him number one, he'll get you there. So I hope you're trying to go somewhere. But the life of faith is a daily progression. And if you can daily confess that Jesus is Lord, your actions will take care of themselves. If you can daily confess and say, you know what, when you wake up, Jesus, you're Lord today. Guard my mouth, guard my mind. Take me where you want to go. Speak for me. You'll have little hiccups, but if you can make that your prayer and your focus every day, you will daily progress to living, looking, sounding more and more like who? Why? Because Jesus is Lord. When you make Jesus Lord, is he ever going to make you say something he himself would never say? When you make Jesus Lord, is he ever going to take you somewhere that he himself would never? If you make Jesus Lord, would you ever treat your family any other way than Jesus would treat them? It's all for our benefit. Your daily confession births relationship and daily progression. Catapulting you into the things and ways of God. Look at that third example of the Lordship of Jesus today. So Lordship means ownership, it means master, and it means dominion. That's a, a pretty cool word that gives a whole other picture also. And so Jesus holds dominion over all creation and all created things. Everything is subject excuse me, to, his, excuse me, to his power. He is Lord of all. Dominion, if you say it out, means sovereignty and control. So like I said, just because you can say no to God today, it doesn't mean that Jesus is still not in control. It says that he is right now seated where? At the right hand of God. So he has all power and he has all authority. He even took the keys from death, hell, and the grave and went and preached the good news in hell. Did you know that after the cross? For seven days, the Son of God stole the keys and preached. So he has all power and he has all authority because he holds dominion. Why does Jesus have dominion? Because God gave it to him. He said, behold, this is my, who I'm well pleased. He granted dominion to Jesus. Look at Colossians 1, 15 through 17. It says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. I, I love that we have a face to pray to now. The face of God is Jesus. We have, we have a face to pray to, right? He existed before anything was created, and it's supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones. I want you to underline these next couple things. 
thrones, kingdoms, rulers, authorities, and even this unseen world. Everything, say that with me, everything was created through him and for him, and he existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Hear me. Everything and everyone is subjected to the lordship of Jesus's dominion. All rulers, all presidents, all unruly rulers, all kingdoms, all authorities. They may be in rebellion now. Revenge, thus say the Lord, is his on judgment day. It's not ours. And that's because God has granted Jesus all power, all dominion, all authority. The cool thing is when we allow Jesus to be our shepherd, we allow Jesus to, 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 to be our master, we allow Jesus to own us, that same authority and power, mm, do you see where I'm going with this? He wants to give it to you so that you can rule over sin, Satan, and self. So that you can rule the way that Jesus rules. Look at that last point. So lordship of Jesus is good news of great joy because those who submit to him get to reign with him. That's good news, right? If you can get past your sin, get past your say, get past yourself, get past Satan. You get to rule with God. Our God, our King is inclusive. Man, that's awesome. He's not a king that sits on the throne and says, this is for you, this is not for you. You serve me, you serve me. We serve Jesus, but at the same time, he relinquishes that same power and authority to his church, his holy church. Those that are living by faith and obedience to him, his ways, and his word. And those are the people that walk in true power. Those are the people that have real faith. Those are the people that really speak life to other people. You know anybody in your life, whenever you get, when you get around them, you just love being around them because they always what? They always impart love. They always impart truth. They usually probably give you a scripture and a verse. And you always walk away just feeling what? Loved and helped. That's... That's the power and authority and the anointing of God for somebody that's living in relationship with him. And he grants that to his church, his holy church. It says the lordship of Jesus is good news of great joy because those who submit to him will reign with him. Submit doesn't make me feel all warm and fuzzy. That's not a word that my flesh generally likes. Is that just me? Submission makes room. Submission makes room for the king of kings. Submission yields. I might be going, I'm thinking, maybe I think I'm doing, I'm on God's path. And, and, and you know what? Maybe then the Lord says, he shows, you know, we're actually, we need to, we need to shift gears or, or, or shift course. Submission, in that moment, you have a choice. Maybe I really like this path and I don't want to change all this, so I'm going to keep going. Or you can yield. You stop and say, okay, you're the master, you're the shepherd. And in that moment, does he lead or do you lead? 
Submission leads me to the next point, follows. Submission follows. I think secretly we all just want to lead. And we need leaders in the church. We need leaders in our homes. We need leaders in Congress and leaders in our elected officials. But real leadership, do you know there's always a ladder in the military? What do you call that? A, a chain? What is it? A chain of command. And no matter what level of leadership you're in, there's always somebody over you. And so is Jesus over you today? If we submit Jesus, if we submit to Jesus, we can reign with Jesus. Look at James 4, 7. It says, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he... Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he... Are you doing this in the incorrect order? Are you rebuking the devil? Oh, devil, you're stealing, killing, destroying. Devil, this is broken. This is You're attacking my home. Why do I feel this way, devil? You keep blaming the devil on all your junk. Your bad decisions, your bad thought process, your bad attitude. Keep blaming the devil all you want. Nothing's going to get fixed. He can't flee from you because you haven't first submitted. You haven't yielded. You haven't followed. You haven't made room. You didn't get up and read your Bible. You got up and watched four hours of Netflix. You didn't get up and read your Bible. You got up and scrolled Facebook for four hours. Then hopped over to TikTok, then hopped over to Instagram, then hopped over to Snapchat. And you wonder why you can't even see truth, hear truth, feel truth. And you wonder why you feel empty, as empty as empty could be. And it's because Jesus is not being your Lord. You're not allowing Jesus to be your Lord. Look at Luke 10, 19. It says, Behold, I give you, and this he's speaking, he's talking about his disciples, his holy church. What? the authority. When you submit to God, you get to reign with God. The authority of the king of kings is relinquishing to his disciples to trample what? On serpents and scorpions all over the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. The devil will flee from you if you first submit to him. And God will go before you. Disciples, disciples are leaders, but they're also followers. And if you can follow, he can give you authority. Look at Revelations, back in Revelations 26. And either Rob or um, somebody can come up if you want, I'm about to close. Or if we just got a song, that's fine too. It says, blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. For them the second death holds no power. And they will be priests of God and of Christ and will what? Reign. There it is. Will reign with him for a thousand years. It says, those that Christ will be with Christ will reign with him in the resurrection for a thousand years. Are you going to be there? Write that down today if you're taking notes. Ask God, am I going to be there? And I want to leave you with this question. If you can't submit to him now, you can't let go of that thing. 
Why do you think he would let you rule with him then? You can't submit now. Why would he let you rule then? He who is faithful with, oh, somebody reads their Bible, will be faithful with. What if every single day is a test to see how faithful you can be with the little? Some of you have a lot. I hope you're being faithful if you got blessed with a lot. If you can submit to him now, you don't have to have a question. You better believe you're going to rule with him forever. If you can submit to him right now, you will rule with Jesus on that day. Come on, somebody. I hope I'm inviting you, encouraging you to know that you can submit to him now so that you can be blessed later. And man, I want, can we get the lights dimmed down? So I want you to get still. I want you to listen to my voice, and I want you to focus on Jesus. I want you to begin to ask him right now, God, is my heart good? Did I do the last thing you asked me to do? Did I say the last thing you asked me to say? Do I have secret sin in my life? And we got real on this Christmas series. So maybe something I said today, just the Holy Spirit illuminated something in your life, and you're born again, you, you believe in Jesus, but maybe you say, Pastor Anna, you know what, there's something I need to lay down today. I've been hiding something. If that's you, I, I want you to just lift your hand up real high right now. Say, there's something I need to let down. There's hands going up. Praise God. Don't lift them for me, lift them for God. I want you to know God sees those hands and he sees that faith. Praise God. Maybe may lower them. I want to pray for you. Hands still going up. Praise God. I just want to pray over you. God, I, I thank you for these children of God, these sheep. Their desire is for your lordship to be manifested in their life. They don't want to be Lord. They want you to be Lord. God, I pray that when you hear them pray, Lord, Lord, you would be excited because they're doing what you say. I pray you'd forgive them right now, whatever it is they're being honest about. That you wouldn't just forgive them, you would release them, that they would get up, they would move forward in faith, that they would be excited and encouraged today, not, not rejected or judged, but they would be encouraged of the grace and favor over their lives today in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're born again today and you're in relationship with God. You say, Pastor Ian, I love God. I do my best to make him Lord every day. That's awesome. But what I want you to do is I want you to pray for the lost right now. There are people out there that are not in relationship with God. And so if you can pray for the lost right now, please. We have a lost, dying world. So what the last thing I want to do is if you're here in the sanctuary or watching us online and you say, Pastor Ian, I'm lost as lost can be. Jesus definitely is not my Lord. I believe in him sometimes, but I, I'm not in that relationship. But something you said today changed my mind. I want to change that today. That excites me. I want you to know that I'm excited for you. What I want you to do is if God is speaking to you directly, if you can feel that thing in your, in your life, that thing in your heart of hearts, that maybe he's speaking to you and, you're, and you can hear his voice, a little prompting of the Holy Spirit that says, you need to, you need to respond to me today. I, I want to I save you today. I want to be in a relationship with you today. If you say, that's me. What I want you to do is I want you just to stand up right now. I don't care. No one's, no, one, no one's looking at you. I don't care what you've done. 
I don't care what's going on in your life. If you just say, I want to stand for Jesus today. I want to say that prayer to make him Lord of my life. I want you to stand. I'm going to give you a few seconds. A few seconds to stand for Jesus. If he's dealing with your heart, you can stand for him. Amen. Amen. Well, no one is standing, but somebody could be making this decision online. And so I can't see them. But so what I want to do is lead us all in a prayer. And y'all repeat after me today, loud and proud like it's Christmas. Amen. Heavenly Father, God, we love you. We accept your son. We believe that Jesus is Lord. And we confess now that he is Lord of my life. God, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me my past. Send your Holy Spirit to redeem my future and my life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I feel like we got kind of real today. Is that okay? Yeah. Praise God. Well, hey, we love you guys very much. All right. Y'all are dismissed.